Coming up this week on Sporting Journal Radio. I think there's going to be a lot of male shallow, so it should be a really good opener. Yeah, well, when it came out that I was one of the owners of the Alexandria Shooting Park, it kind of surprised me, too. Like, holy crap. <laughs> and you'll be fishing by yourself. You won't see any other boats. I fish, I hunt, and always will. Broadcasting from the Prairie Sportsman Studios. Presented by OnX. Know where you stand with OnX. <clears throat> We're not just a radio show anymore. Heck yeah. This is Sporting Journal Radio. Yes, it is. Thank you for tuning in. We are excited because uh, it all kicks off. It's almost like uh, it's opening weekend or something like that. Is it? Mm, almost like it. Almost it like it. Seems like it. It's so much like it that it actually is. No way. <laughs> opening weekend. We're pretty excited about it. That's Dan Amundsen over there. Dan, how you doing? Doing great. It's opening day. It's I'm a- probably fishing by the time you're listening to this. You probably Unless are. you're watching it on Friday, then I'm definitely not fishing. <laughs> <laughs> not for walleyes, anyway. Uh, that's David Eckhart over there. David, how you doing? Doing good. All right. Thanks for uh, joining us, fellas. Uh, are you fishing this weekend, David, or are you farming? Um, depends if it rains or not. So if it's raining, you're going fishing. Uh, yeah, definitely going fishing <laughs> if, it's, if it's raining and too, too muddy to farm. Yeah. And uh, Dan is definitely going fishing. Yeah, there's got- no choice. You've, you might have to fish in the rain and the wind a little bit. It's probably going to be raining from what I've been hearing. Yeah. That's why God made rain gear. That's right. Well, God did make it, but he made people to make it. <laughs> he so had he, he it. had a hand in it, we'll say. Uh, you guys are lucky. I, I get to work. I'm, I'm going to enjoy what we're doing. Like, uh, I'm going over to Horicon Marsh. We're going to be filming about the marsh. Uh, we're making a couple of trips over there this summer and this fall uh, to talk about this kind of historic wetland in wisconsin there's a big birding festival there this weekend so they wanted us over there to kind of capture uh some of the birding activities and things like that so we're going to be well, i'm going to be behind a camera I'll be seeing some pretty cool things i think there's gonna be a lot of waterfowl there's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's <clears throat> how's that going for you well, it was going fine. <laughs> it didn't sound like it. There's going to be some whooping cranes over there that we're going to hopefully get to see, which have you guys ever seen one of those in person before? No, never have. Gosh, I can't click the right thing. How's that going over there, Dan? <laughs> Not good. Jeez. What as uh, good as you speaking? <clears throat> so we're hopefully going to see some cranes while we're over there, some whooping cranes and a bunch of other waterfowl and uh, other, there's some rare species, shorebirds and songbirds and stuff like that. So we're hoping to get some of those on camera, but uh, I definitely would... You know, it's going to be fun, but I'm kind of jealous. I'm not going to be fishing. Well, at least there's only 365 days out of the year that you can fish. Yeah, Yeah, but but this is opener. Anyway, it's going to be a good time. We're going to talk about the opener, give you some tips. If you're going to be out there, Dan, I don't know what to do today. today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so excited to go fish that I don't know which buttons to press. (laughs) There's so many buttons. There are. And I rearranged them the other day. I don't know why. I don't remember why. Now they're all out of whack. So download the podcast. Don't watch it on YouTube this week if that's what you do. We are Skip it. definitely submitting this show for an award with a glow. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you're part of a glow or thinking about joining a glow, the registration for the annual conference is open. It's going to be in Bemidji this year. So if you're uh, watching or listening to this, you're probably uh, not too far away from Bemidji within a few hours at least. And uh, you can join us in September up there. We're going to be fishing and uh, doing some other outdoor activities and learning more about outdoor content creation. Find out more 
more at aglowoutdoors.com. Uh, all right, we're, we got some up uh, some tips for the walleye opener for you coming up with Randon Olson. We'll also talk to Joe Henry in a little bit. And then we're going to talk to Steve Gould. Got to see him at the gun fair at uh, Rice Creek in Little Falls here a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we'll get an update from him and talk about his YouTube channel. What is he doing? I think it's a great idea. We'll tell you what he's doing in his YouTube channel in just a little bit. But first, Dan, who are the sponsors this week? This week we have On X. Know where you stand with On X. Live Target match the hatch this weekend with Live Target Lures. Go to LiveTargetLures.com. Lake of the Woods. Lake of the Woods is the walleye capital of the world. Book a trip or learn more at LakeoftheWoodsMN.com. Haybell Heights. Book a trip to Devil's Lake at Haybell Heights Campground and Resort. Haybellheights.com. Alclair Audio. Save your hearing in the field with Alclair. Learn more at AlclairOutdoors.com. Ottertail Lakes Country. Find your inner otter at OttertailLakesCountry.com. And Prairie Sports when the new season wrapped up. But you can watch all of our episodes from this season and past seasons on this Prairie Sportsman YouTube channel. Yeah, I should change that because the new season did start in January. <laughs> now it's over. So. We are trained professionals, I promise. Yeah, if we forget. I, what Sometimes. button do I press right now? How are you doing? Should we just start the show over? No. <laughs> You've got to get on the... Hang on. You've got to get on the road. Yeah. So, no, we're not doing that. No. I've just got to get better. Or we'll just throw in the towel and... Download the podcast. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> or watch it. It might be one of the most uh, entertaining podcasts you watch in a while. From right. I don't mean if you think. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Just move on. So a lot of time spent on the road uh, coming up and a lot of time we'll be spending a lot of time on the road coming up. We spent a lot of time on the road in the past. And one of the trips we did actually to last year's a glow conference when we went down to Branson, we checked out the Wonders of Wildlife Museum. Jake Flaws told me about it. They filmed with it with the next bite when it when it first opened uh, back a few years back. And he he made the comment to me. You're going to you're going to want to go through it and you're going to want to go through it again. He said, I can't remember what the the admission fee is it's a little spendy to get in but it's worth it he said he would pay it every day to go back into it and we did it and we filmed it so if you want to see what it looks like before making a trip there it's not going to be just go and see it take my word for it you're going to love it but we did a walkthrough video that you can watch right now on the fish hunt forever youtube channel and what this is it's the the largest most immersive conservation attraction in the world it's in springfield missouri uh, it's the wonders of wildlife it's uh, johnny morris is attached to the bass pro shops there and they had a museum there and then they expanded it it's now 350,000 square feet it's unreal it's got 35,000 live fish mammals reptiles amphibians and birds i mean there's penguins in there there's uh, an albino alligator. Dan, what was what do you remember? What were some of your highlights of well, that place? I just want to preface with saying, yeah, we've got this Waxer video and it's nine minutes long. There was so much footage that we couldn't put in that video because the video would be like eight hours long. Yeah. There's so much cool stuff to see. There's wicked taxidermy. If you like taxidermy at all, even if you well, if you don't like taxidermy, you might not appreciate it. But if, <laughs> if, if you don't like taxidermy, I don't really know why you're listening to this show. Yeah, you probably But it's know. so cool. I mean, there's turkey mounts that just blew my mind. There's elk mounts. There's, I think, a caribou where it's got velvet coming off. Just mounts I've never thought you'd see. That wild sheep room. Yeah. Holy smokes. It, it's like you're... It takes you through the nighttime on the mountains. It's it's just, it's a whole thing. You've got wind. You can hear the wind. There's smells they incorporate. You, the texture of the floor changes as you go from Africa to Arizona to wherever. It's The whole thing is just cool. And the aquarium is cool. I think it's been voted like best aquarium 
like four Multiple years times. in a row or something. That's, I, you know, I, I'm not a, like I'm not a guy who's like, let's go to the zoo, let's go to a museum. This is a, an aquarium and a museum that I would absolutely go to over and over and over again. It's it's a museum and a and a, 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 an attraction for guys like us, guys and girls like us, like guys like us, girls like Dan. Hey, <laughs> whatever. And, and the other thing, you think of a museum. There's a lot to read. There is a lot of stuff you can read, but you don't have to read it if you don't want to. But a lot of it is interesting stuff to read. Yeah. But you don't have to. You can just go look at all this cool stuff. Immersive is the yeah. best way. Just like what Dan described is exactly right. You walk into one room and the smells are completely different. You go into that room that he talked about where it takes you through the night. Like the lighting changes to, to show you what that landscape looks like in a 24-hour cycle. Like it's, it's unreal and it's so big. And the ar- whoever the architect of this place was is brilliant because it takes you through, like when you look at it from the outside, it it looks big, but it doesn't look like once you go in, it's like how do they get all this in here? It's like a Willy Wonka factory or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just a great way to describe it's it. Just actually, wild, it's so cool. I mean, there's a, a huge whale hanging in one of the one of the rooms. There's a real tuna boat. Johnny Morris's tuna boat's in there as part of a display, and it's got a hidden office inside the boat. (laughs) So from behind the display, he can bring people in and have meetings in this boat, and it's got windows out into the museum where people are walking around out in the (laughs) complex. Hemingway's dream boat is hanging from the ceiling or something, too. Just wicked. There's a giant bait ball. There's like a three-story aquarium with that. I mean, it's just, it's massive. Um... And I know I've seen in other places, but the the jellyfish or the jellies, as they call them, uh, I mean, just the the visuals in this place. And we try to capture as much of that as possible in this video on the Fish Hunt Forever channel, YouTube channel, which is dedicated to hunting, fishing, the outdoors and conservation. And this one was an important one for us because Johnny Morris was a huge conservationist. And what he's done uh, between there and Dogwood Canyon and some of the other places uh, that he's used to preserve for wildlife and in getting people to interact and learn. Like this, this place, Winners of Wildlife, they have uh, field trips for students, uh, educational classes, a lot of courses. You can go there and learn, not just walk through, but you can go there and be part of a class as well. And if, if you want to plan multiple trips, and we would have gladly, we were kind of in a hurry, so we had to kind of rush through. We would have gladly come back the next day. They offer some discounts if you want to go a couple of days in a row. So uh, it's very neat. Check out the video on the Fish Hunt Forever YouTube channel all right uh we want to talk a little bit about minfish uh basically right now they have some money in the general fund part of the surplus that they want to spend on boat ramps and some of the infrastructure the fishing industry here in minnesota they want to hear from you so if you've got a boat ramp near you that's uh in need of repairs let them know yeah comment below we'll let them know or uh, get a hold of min-fish uh, fishing advocacy in Minnesota. All right, David, have you been out checking for uh, morels or asparagus yet? Uh, not morels yet, but I have been checking for asparagus. The stuff in the garden has just started to pop through. So, and it's usually just after that. Yeah, pretty much. It's four or five to a week days later, um, the wild stuff starts going. So I checked some this morning and nothing yet. So midweek next week. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. That's a fun time. I hate I hate the the tick situation. You end up getting in into some they're, ticks. They're out already. Yeah. Yeah, I picked 3 off the back of my neck the other day. Yeah. Like about 20 minutes apart all of a sudden there's another one on the back of my neck. <laughs> and then you're just 
crawling. (laughs) Once you find one, you you think you got a hundred of them on you. Well, it's that time of year, which is why we just want to jump in a boat and get away from the grass and the woods <laughs> and uh, go fishing. You can do that. We got some tips for the opener uh, for you coming up. Uh, we've got uh, Joe Henry, Randon Olson, and we're going to talk to Steve Gould when we come back. Live Target, the leader in Match the Hatch, is back with new lures that also match the action. Introducing the Live Craw. The Live Craw is irresistible to bass, walleye, and other freshwater species. FTEX winner, the ultimate frog, looks and acts just like a swimming frog. With an exposed ultra point mustad hook and replaceable legs the ultimate frog has two styles two sizes and eight colors and i cast an ftex winner the live shrimp mimics a fleeing shrimp for saltwater anglers coming soon from live target this is sporting journal radio i'm brett amundsen thank you for tuning in on the network by demand sportingjournalradio.com or by downloading the podcast or maybe you're watching this on youtube thank you very much along with dan amundsen and david eckhart and our guest now is steve gould steve how you doing man I say that too fast oh, for you, man. <laughs> I can't switch that fast. <laughs> Cruising through all the camera angles. Sorry. Steve, how you doing? Let's try that again. I'm better than the clear. Brett, how are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you very much. Uh, good to see you last, uh, what was it, a couple of weeks ago now, I suppose, at the gun fair. Uh, that's, that's quite an event there at Rice Creek every year. Yeah, it seems like it grows every year. It's Honestly, I travel the country going to different events, and this is still by far one of the coolest events all across the country. Yeah, I'd heard about it. I think I think I've had you on the show to talk about it in the past, but uh, this year was the first year that I went up there. Um, man, the the deals that you can get on gear, uh, not just guns, but you know, I ended up I ended up buying a a uh, a frame blind. And I just happen to be walking by. I'm like, oh, an A-frame. Oh, that's oh, that's kind of cool. And literally within 30 seconds, I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> and yeah, talk uh, me into it. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was a, it was his last one. He's like, yeah, this is my last one. And and there, he had it for like half price off the retail. And I was like, oh my gosh. All right. And then I, I bought a layup line that was uh, like half price. Like the deals. I mean, it's not just you know 25 percent off or whatever. I mean, these were like half off deals and i got a i got a great deal on a gun and i met i definitely went at the busiest time of the whole thing and i did have to wait in a line for a little bit but they had a couple of other options if you didn't want to wait in line and i remember steve coming around and i came out to like where the shooting range was and i started seeing people wearing earmuffs and ear protection i'm like wow i i you know i was kind of surprised at that and thankfully i brought my Al Claire's with because as soon as I came around the corner, I realized that you're you're walking by a lot of guns going off and it gets pretty loud right there. Yeah, and that's what I love about that event. I mean, an opportunity for people to get hands on with all these different manufacturers, try out guns. Um, there's nothing quite like it. Yeah, and you actually, you guys, you put on a shooting, uh, one of your shooting shows, your live shooting exhibitions, live trick shooting show, live trick shooting show. There you go. Get it right. (laughs) uh, At that event, and you've been doing that for a number of years now. I know I saw you on Saturday, and you had to do it again on Sunday, and it was, they were calling for 40 mile an hour wins. (laughs) How did that go? Yeah. Oh, man. It was quite the weekend. Uh, so for a lot of years, I did shows with my brother traveling around doing these live exhibitions. And we've actually went different ways. Aaron's out flying airplanes now, pursuing his aviation career, which is what he went to college for. So 
I'm doing shows not at the level that I was or the rate that I was. I got a limit of 10 this year. I'm only going to do 10 as my kids get older. I love to be home. I, I love to be out hunting. I run the Alexander shooting park. Got a lot going on. But um, Saturday was tough, honestly. Uh, and you have this. It's live, right? This isn't a video. I can't take two, take three, uh, get it right. I'm in front of a live audience and things don't always go your way. And I think the hardest part about doing the gun fair is I grew up in Long Prairie, 24 miles down the road. So you look out in the crowd, you're like, oh, I know that person. I know that person. There's my parents. There's my in-laws. Uh, there's my best buddy, whatever. And when you have a tough show, you just kind of feel like, oh, oh, I wish I did better. And then I found out the next day was going to be windier. So like Saturday <laughs> was maybe 20, gusting to 20, 25, which is challenging enough. And then Sunday was supposed to be 40 plus mile an hour gust. And I was just like, maybe nobody will show up. Maybe no one will show up. And I'll just be like, oh, I guess they didn't show up. So that didn't happen. People showed up. Um, and surprisingly, I shot better on Sunday than I did on Saturday. I mean, it was extremely tough. Don't get me wrong. But maybe I had to be more dialed in, have that focus, knowing that it was going to be extremely challenging shooting conditions. Well, may, I mean, maybe Saturday uh, was good practice for you. You know, he <laughs> got a little yeah. bit of wind well, to deal with. And North Carolina and South Carolina the weeks prior and had great shows, you know, in front of people that I may never see again. And then you get in front of all these people you're going to see again and have a tough one. Ah, it never leaves a good taste in the mouth. Yeah, man. Well, it's cool. If if somebody hasn't seen one of your shows, they got to go do it. I've actually got your YouTube channel playing on my monitor over here, too. So I'm a little distracted because we did just see some. If you're watching this on YouTube, you saw some of Steve shooting there and I'm watching some over here, too. And I'm actually I'm on your uh, I'm looking. First of all, I'm looking at the play button on the wall behind you. And as somebody that has got a couple of YouTube channels, that's pretty cool. I would like to get one of those. When did you get that? Uh, that one was from the Gould Brothers YouTube channel. And I don't know, we got that five, six years ago. Uh, and we kind of grew rapidly after that until all of a sudden uh, our performance dropped to almost nothing mysteriously. Hmm. Um, not big into conspiracies, but pretty <laughs> sure we got a little uh, shadow in there. Uh, then I started a new YouTube channel called Target Focus Life, and that took off, and that's been doing really well. I started that two years ago. We're at about 60,000 60 subscribers. Yeah. 66. Way to Way to bring me down enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at it right here. It only shows me 66K, so you might be 66 point, you know, nine or whatever. But yeah. um, no, that's great. And we talked about this a little bit at the, at the show. Uh, what a great idea to review shotguns for a YouTube channel. You know, that's the thing. Like, we just talk about stuff, you know, and, and sometimes conspiracies. Uh, you're actually out there giving us some great tips on these shotguns. And, and I, you know, we've definitely utilized your channel on some buying decisions. And then uh, we actually, and I see the, the latest one is a Beretta A400 XL. We actually got Beretta A400s uh, to go to Alaska with last year to shoot sea uh, ducks. And before we did that, we watched some of your videos on the Beretta A400s, kind of learn a little bit more about them and and uh, what you thought about them. So I, I think that's a great idea for a channel. Yeah, I mean, just to give people some in-depth knowledge, research before they go out and make a purchase decision. And when you look at pistols, rifles, I mean, there's a ton of people doing that and they do it well. But then when you look at shotguns, all of a sudden it's like, well, there's not much info about shotguns out there. I don't know why that is. So I just started reviewing shotguns and um, 
yeah, it went really well. I, uh, I, and I love the gun room, man. The, and I, I see it in the background there too. It looks like, and then I'm watching, you're sitting in it in one of these videos that I'm watching right now too. I want one of those. <laughs> I want one of those rooms. A cool setup. Um, those secure wall panels really allows you to customize your gun room, move stuff around. And compared to a lot of the other brands are really reasonably priced. I've been real happy. Yeah, that's great. Well, what, what do you got um, next for a review? What do you got next for the YouTube channel? Mm, oh, that's on the spot. Well, how about this? Sometimes. Well, well, let me ask you this question. What, what, what making this channel and reviewing some of these shotguns, what are some of the things that you've learned? Has there been anything that's kind of surprised you about some of these guns or is there, you know, anything that you really, you know, any gun in particular that you've really liked? Oh, I like, I like a lot of guns. Um, <laughs> we I all think do Steve. <laughs> yeah. I haven't met one. I haven't liked, right. um, which that's not true. Um, but for the most part, when I review a gun, I'm trying to look at it. What what are the pros? What are the cons? What there's always a trade off, right? So I might shoot a very low dollar gun that I personally wouldn't want to shoot, but I don't want to sit there and be like, oh, this gun's crap, and you know it's not worth anything. I just try to lay it out for what it is. Like, hey, this gun doesn't have the best trigger. Um, it, it's a really heavy pull. Uh, the ergonomics are lacking. You know, whatever it is, we go through the different elements of a gun. Maybe it's got heavier recoil, but then I'll say, hey. But it's at a price point that's an entry-level price point. If that makes sense for you, I'm just trying to lay it out. And you guys get to make the decision at the end of the day. So one of the most challenging questions is someone will email me and say, hey, this gun versus this gun, which one? And all I really want to do is lay out, like, here's some of the considerations. I can kind of tell you what I might do, but I, that's not a right or wrong. That's it, It's so subjective. And so I just try to lay it out. Man, and when you announced that you got the Alexandria Shooting Park, I was, I was kind of, it took me by surprise. There's no question, but that's got to be like, that's got to be like a 12 year old owning Disney, Disney World, <laughs> right? I mean, that's got to be, how cool is that? And, you know, where did that come from and what are your plans for it? Yeah, well, when it came out that I was one of the owners of the Alexandria Shooting Park, it kind of surprised me too. Like, holy crap, what did this do? <laughs> uh, you don't know how to run a shooting park. But, uh, you know, guys get together, they dream, they scheme, they talk about things for years. And I had talked with several different buddies. And through my course of travel, I've always kind of thought it'd be cool to have my own place. Yeah. Like, I go to all these cool venues, it would be awesome to have my own place. And so eventually I came to the point, it's like, hey, guys, if we're going to do something, we got to do it. So let's start looking for a property in the Alexandria area and do our research. And, you know, maybe we'll build a gun range and retail and restaurant. You know, we're dreaming big, all these different things. But then as I was doing my research, I just kept coming back to the Alexandria Shooting Park. I'd been out there many times and they have great facilities. They are established. They have some of the biggest events in the country, like the high school championship shoot trap shoot yeah. that gets between one and 8,000 students over nine days and 30,000 people coming to Alexandria. So I was like, maybe they'd be interested in selling. Let's call them. And through a course of a couple phone calls, uh, you'd be careful what you ask for. <laughs> <laughs> we own it. 
We own it. You own it. Congrat. Well, congratulations. It's a cool place. I've been up there. I've been up there for that high school championship and it's, uh, it's quite the sight to see all those kids up there shooting. And I I've said it not to go on a, on a tangent here, but I've said it a number of times that whole clay target league, what a great way to introduce people to, uh, an outdoor, uh, type recreational event, but also to introduce them to guns and firearm safety at the same time and to have it be as big as it has been, when you're talking about kids, guns, and schools, and not to have any 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 incidents, I mean, it's really a remarkable story. Yeah, it really is. When you look at it, it is, I believe, the safest high school sport there is, which is phenomenal. We all know that guns are a tool that's to be respected. They're powerful and, and used improperly can cause a lot of damage, right? But bringing these kids up, giving them that exposure, mentoring and coaching, uh, you got kids that are gonna take that with them for a lifetime. Uh, they might become hunters, maybe they were already hunters, they might be lifelong shooters, they might do neither in as adults, but um, to have that background I, I think is huge and not to get, I'm not gonna get political, but I think one of the issues we're dealing with in culture is that people are so far removed from the land, from nature, from a lot of these things, and they just kind of get a little disconnected from reality and uh, so I love any opportunity to get kids out hunting, shooting. Bird just flew into my window. Uh, <laughs> Whoops. Sometimes the bird can <laughs> that's great no man uh i think you do great work you know keep up keep up the good work keep up doing what you're doing um you know uh with the youtube channel and everything else that you're doing and i noticed it's not just a channel but you've got uh as you go into the com uh like the description on your youtube channels obviously you you've got some discount codes some recommended products uh some merchandise you can you can book uh an event a live show have you come speak and then you've got uh target focus life community what's that all about yeah, so that actually came out of a challenge as a lot of opportunities, you know, we, we see opportunities through our challenges if we're willing to look. And last year I got demonetized on YouTube for some unknown reason. I hmm. guess if you ask YouTube why you're demonetized, they won't tell you yeah. uh, no matter mm, how much you really push. And basically they'll default to, well, you violated our harmful substance or dangerous products. Well, well, what did, you know, what part of it? They wouldn't tell me. Anyways, I got really frustrated and I realized how fragile being on a platform like YouTube can be because it only takes one person to review your video and say, hey, nope, we didn't like it. And we're not gonna tell you what it is. And, you know, a good part of your livelihood is gone. And so I created this community as a way that, that I could engage with followers. I could release content. And if YouTube ever goes away, uh, I, I still have a base of, of people and community that I'm connecting with through that. So I always try to tell people it's all the content without the big tech censorship. Mm -hmm. And I try my best to really engage on there as much as I can. People can directly uh, message me. I post all my content on there. Uh, we can create forums and open dialogue, live videos, all that. We worry about that all the time. Uh, because I mean, we, we do have a TV show that's on broadcast. We have a radio show that's on broadcast on a bunch of stations, but we do so much on YouTube and we've got, you know, we're working on three YouTube channels right now too. And if, uh, and they're all outdoors related and there's definitely hunting and guns used on them. So I I'm waiting for the day and I just had to reinstate my ads account 
because uh, they they suspended my ads account and they wouldn't tell me why. <laughs> so I had to go through the whole yeah. repeal process, appeal process, and uh, you know finally like, oh, congratulations, you're you're reinstated. You know, still no explanation. So I worry about that all the time. So I love the idea of having an outlet. We've talked about creating some sort of membership here, and you know whether there's a um, you know a, a paywall of some sort or not, just having some sort of option for people to be able to continue to get our content content without, uh, without, uh, uh, having to worry about censorship and YouTube and things like that. So what you got going on there, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. It's unfortunate. We have to worry about it. I think YouTube is a tremendous platform that has so many yeah. amazing benefits, but that it's reality that the people behind it aren't necessarily, uh, advocates for what we do and, and the values that we stand for. Well, and so much now and so much so, uh, you know, people like us creators rely on social media and so much social media is moderated by by AI or bots or people maybe with different uh, opinions on our activities uh, than they do. So it gets uh, it gets challenging at times. But uh, Steve, keep up the great work again. Uh, why don't you tell us where we can find you online? Yeah, I mean, anything Target Focused Life, whether it's on socials, YouTube, or my website, which is Target TargetFocused.life. Steve Gould, thanks for the time today on the show. Hey, great chatting with you guys. Take care. 852 million acres of public land, 147 million private properties, all in the palm of your hand. The number one hunting GPS app just got better. With hundreds of custom map layers, 3D and topographic maps, you can easily scout on the road or at home before you go. And now you can get important weather details, CWD detection, and even know what crops have been planted where. Get the most trusted hunting GPS app ever made. Onyx, know where you stand with Onyx. It's almost spring and soon the ice will be melting. Now is the time to start thinking about chasing big walleyes on Devil's Lake. Get on the fish at Hay Bale Heights Campground and Resort. Hay Bale Heights makes it easy for you to make memories on legendary Devil's Lake with guided fishing and lodging packages. Or bring your own boat and rent one of their cabins on East Bay. Hay Bale Heights offers a private marina, fish cleaning station, and the opportunity to relax and enjoy your bucket list trip to Devil's Lake, North Dakota. To book your trip, visit haybaleheights.com. That's haybaleheights.com. This is Sporting Journal Radio. I'm Brett Amundsen along with Dan Amundsen and David Eckhart. And now we're going to go to Ottertail Lakes Country to check in with Randon Olson. Randon, how's it going up there? Going pretty good. The uh, clouds are starting to disappear. The sun's going to poke and it's supposed to touch 80 today. So can't complain. Well, we're recording this right before opening weekend, of course. Everybody's excited to get out there. Uh, how do you think opener's going to go? I think we're going to have a really good opener. Um, you know, just like always, you know, we got so many lakes. We're going to have so many lakes. A few lakes are going to be post-spawn. We're going to be kind of at the end of the spawn, um, you know, all kind of stages of that. So we're, we're going to have a wide variety of fish, and I think there's going to be a lot of male shallow. So it should be a really good opener. Have you been doing any pan fish fishing at all or been on the water at all lately? Uh, we've been doing a little bit. Just me and my son have been going out. Um the crappie bite's been pretty good. They're kind of in those those normal kind of ice out spots, um, kind of pushing into the mouth of those bays and waiting for that warmer water. So once you find them, it's it's pretty much game over. You're just catching a bunch. But um, yeah, it's been pretty good. So what? Uh, how are the like? How's the, how are the water? What is the water condition? What am I trying to say here? What are what are water conditions like up there right now? Is it is the water high? Is it is it uh, clear? What's it like? 
So last fall, we were a couple feet low. Um, you know, we just had as a second summer in a row without a lot of rain. Um, so last fall, we were low, but we're, we're back to basically normal, if not maybe a hair high. Um, but I'd say we're pretty much normal. Waters are kind of typical for this time of year. They're, they're cold and really clear right now. Um, I'm seeing water temps anywhere from mid-40s to maybe mid-50s on some of the real small lakes, but most of them are hanging that 45 to 50 range. So water's really clear. Um, that's going to set up well for a lot of people this weekend. I know a lot of guys get scared of clear water, but yeah. clear water actually helps. Well, and I know a couple of warm days this week are probably going to warm those temps up even a little bit more for the weekend. Um but do you, in a, I've seen in the in years past when we've had later springs, typical, you know, kind of like what we've had this year, it tends to be more of a crappie, op, you know, crappie fishing opener for walleyes versus walleyes. Do you think, do you think guys, uh, you think they'll be able to find walleyes without much problem or do you think a lot of guys are going to go after crappies? I, I think there'll be a good mixture, but um, the guys that put a little bit of work in, you know, the, the nice thing about the, the late springs is it eliminates a lot of water on our lakes. If you've got a lake with a creek or a river flowing into mm. it, that's going to be a magnet for those walleyes. They're going to be there. Um, there's no question about it. They're going to be around that river mouth somewhere, probably 12 foot or less. So that eliminates a lot of water, a lot of places to look. Um, the cool thing is, you know, with so many of our lakes, we got such great multi-species lakes, is you can go to one lake, and you can do both. You can go chase walleyes. If that's not working out, you can go catch some bass for the catch and release season. You can go catch crappies. You can catch some northerns. Um, we got all of that in, in, in each lake. So you've got a lot of options. You're not trailering the different lakes all the time throughout the day. So Yeah, it's kind of game on. You know, it's different than in the fall when different hunting seasons kind of roll out. Oh, it's time to do this now. Now it's time to do this. It seems like for the most part, uh, once, you know, fishing opener is here, it's like, yeah, what do you want to do? Let's go do it. Uh, are, are you typically more of a artificial guy for, or are you going to be trying to use some live bait this weekend or what's your go-to you think? So shiner minnows, um, spot tail shiners are going to be tough. You know, that's kind of been the story the last couple of years. Um, I'm out there. It's why I'm in my truck right now is I'm out looking for minnows. Um, I love, personally, I love artificials. I just love fishing it. I love not dealing with the bait um, and all aspects of it. You, you have so many more options with, with artificials than live bait. But you got to have some live bait. You know, the shiner run, I've been out for the last two weeks looking for shiners, and we just started seeing a few come into a couple creeks. Not even all the creeks. So the opener is going to coincide with that shiner run. Um, and sometimes when you have that many minnows up in shallow water where you're trying to fish, sometimes you're better off to go artificial. You know, go to a crankbait or go to a plastic on a jig and, and just be the oddball in the group, you know. Um, a lot of times that works out better than, than trying to match the hatch because there's billions of those shiners up there and you're just throwing another one with a little jig head on it. So. So don't be afraid to be different. And uh, if you can't find shiners, don't worry about it. Yeah, well, I, I know the bait situation has uh, been well documented lately. Like it's hard to find bait in a lot of shops. Uh, are the dealers uh, stocking up up there or are they struggling a little bit too? They're struggling too. We They had a lot of winter kills last year from what I've been hearing in their ponds. Um, so that's leading it to the big lakes and you're kind of at the mercy of mother nature there The you know, the conditions got to be right. The sun's got to come out. It's got to warm up. 
Uh, those creeks got to get to that 50, 55 degree range before those shiners will kind of push in. And the lake's got to be getting close to that too before it really happens. So, um, and if you are going to sing your own minnows, make sure you, you go through the rule book and just make sure you're doing it legally. You know, you can't sand out of any infested water. Um, you have to make sure your waters that you're, clean, you're sanding out of are clean. Um, you can only transport 12 dozen or less without a bait license. So just try to do it right. And, uh, you know, there's other options too. There's a lot of cricks around here that have like spot tails, or not spot tails, I'm sorry, uh, golden shiners, river shiners, um, sucker minnows, things like that. So so if you, if you put a little effort in and look around, you can get some of your own minnows. Um, but just be careful about it. Yeah, what's your what's your method for for uh, trapping minnows? I'm a saning guy, so I, I like to find them in the creeks. A lot of times, I do it myself, um, and it takes a while if you're going to do it yourself, uh, just to kind of learn how to do it. If you got a buddy, that's going to help you a lot. But um, I like to kind of corral them up and and try to try to get them all as many in one shot as I can. So um, the cool thing about minnows is you can get some in the morning. You can come back in the afternoon, get some more. You can come back in the evening and get some more generally. So once they start running, it's kind of game on. Yeah, so you don't need to get a, uh, a, a huge pile uh, every time you go out there. Right. Brandon, what's your process for keeping those minnows alive after you trap them? Like, do you have a bait tank or, or what do you, how do you, like, I can't keep a shiner alive to save my life. So I, how do you do it? Brandon's so got a whole tackle are, shop. Yeah, yeah, Brett, you've seen it. <laughs> I've seen uh, it, yeah. I've, I've got a Minnow Master bait tank system, and it's got these filters in there. It's got a, a chiller to keep the water cool. Um, it's kind of a whole big setup. But realistically, all a guy really needs to keep shiners alive is, is fresh moving water and enough room for them. So what I had before my bait tank now is I had an old chest freezer, um, and I would just trickle water in one side with a capped over, uh, screened over drain on the other side. And the, the water would just kind of continually stay fresh. And, and my well water is 50 degrees. So that's perfect temperature. So, um, the one thing about shiners is they're very temp sensitive. You know, if you pull them out of a creek that's 50 degrees and you put them in water in your garage that's 57, they're going to die. So you got to be really close with that. But, it's a little bit of a learning curve, but you, you can do it. I'll keep my minnows alive probably till the middle of June. So, Have you ever used like uh, like G-juice or something that these tournament anglers will use to keep their fish alive in live wells? I, I've got some stuff called Better Bait. Okay. Um, it's like a blue stuff that you put in your water mixed in. Um, I don't use it at my tanks at home, but I use it in my coolers in my truck when I'm transporting to and from the lake. Um, and I'll even keep some in the boat because during tournaments, it actually helps with, with some of the fish. It just mm -hmm. calms them down and, and keeps them a little more lively. So, um, that's a, that's a great option, but at home, when you're trickling fresh water in, all you're going to do is run that stuff right out the drain pipe anyway. Sure. So it doesn't there. Sure. All right. Well, Randon, if people want to do some, maybe do some fishing with you this summer, do you have some guide openings? We do. We're pretty booked up till the end of June, um, but after that, we open up, and uh, I think it's going to be a really good year. It's shaping up to be a lot like last year, um, and and I think it's going to be really good. So, um, yeah, if you guys want to fish with me, the best way to do it is just give me a call at 218-640-0158. Otherwise, you can find me on Facebook or LockjawGuideService.com. 
Lockshaw Guide Service up in Ottertail Lakes Country, Randon Olson. Thanks for the time today. Good luck on the on the uh, the opener this weekend. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me. Did you know there are more than 1,000 lakes in Ottertail County? Yep, and I'm going to fish as many as I can. I'm an outdoorsy otter. Nothing beats a full day of fishing for me. The lakes of Ottertail County give me plenty of options to lower my boat and snag the perfect catch. Not an outdoorsy otter? No problem. Ottertail County has something for everyone. You just need to find your inner otter. To find your inner otter, go to ottertaillakescountry.com. Northern Minnesota's Walleye Factory is a year-round world-class fishing destination. The perfect getaway this summer is just a short drive to Lake of the Woods. Fish Big Traverse Bay, the Rainy River, or visit the unique Northwest Angle. To catch big fish, you have to go where the big fish are. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. That's lakeofthewoodsmn.com. All right, now it's time to head up to Lake of the Woods to check in with Joe Henry from Lake of the Woods Tourism. Joe, how you doing? Brett, I'll tell you what, it's uh, the opener's coming soon, doing really good. Last time I saw you, you were at, we were at the Minfish Summit, and that does not look like the same place. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you could probably make correlations, right? Um, no, actually, I'm, uh, I'm at, uh, today I'm at Bugsy's on Bostic, and I'll just give you a look at uh, the inside of the resort here. It's... Uh, you know, every resort up a Lake of the Woods has its own ambiance. And uh, this this resort's a cute little resort right on Bostic Bay. And, uh, you know, right now they're catching northerns out front. And uh, it's just a, it's just a neat little uh, neat little place. And every every resort, again, has its own culture, its own look in the bar, you know. And uh, it's just kind of neat. But uh, we... Uh, Wait a minute. Right, that Joe, Joe else, I, Dan, I saw a touch tunes in the background there. Oh, <laughs> Joe, you might get some background music played for you. <laughs> Hang on. Let me pull the app up. <laughs> Start playing some songs. <laughs> what, what songs are those? Oh. I, whatever. What do you want to hear? You'll find out. Let's see if we can get some touch tunes credits going. <laughs> I can play them from here. What do you want to hear? Stake listener requests. Yes, I could play. I could play oh. music from here oh, in the yeah. bar. That's a thing, Joe. Like people will will find out you're at a bar somewhere when they're at home, and they'll pull up the touch tunes app and play play songs for you. Not not always <laughs> the kind of songs you want to hear, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Oh, how funny. I got to remember that one. I've never really thought of that, but now I'm going to keep that in the back pocket. So what, what were you doing up there right now? A little bit of fishing and some work? Yeah, no, just uh, I'll tell you what it is. You know, we uh, we do what's called uh, every year, that late idea way, every year we do what's called a, a resort stakeholder meeting. And basically what we do is bring together, you know, resorts, guides. Um, DNR Fishery does a state of the fishery report. We do uh, DNR enforcement, Coast Guard, Border Protection, uh, so and Water Conservation District. I mean, a whole bunch of agencies come together and we have one big powwow and we normally have one on the south shore of Lake of the Woods and we have one at the northwest angle just because the topics are, are, are sometimes very different. Up at the northwest angle, it gets into a lot more of, of regulations and different things about crossing the border, being that you have to travel through Canada if you're going to drive up to the northwest angle. So just... And, and, and consequently, you know, up there, there's Canada Border Services Agency that comes into play, Ontario Ministry of Natural Resources, um, you know, the Canadian Consulate, things like that. So um, we will also have, I think, some representation coming from, I believe, uh, possibly uh, uh, Senator Tina Smith's office, uh, Senator Klobuchar. Um, 
I think I'm not sure if Congressman Sabra's representative is going to be here, but you know we get we get a whole myriad of people, and uh, it's 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 pulling people together. It's about communication. It's about FaceTime with one another. It's about being prepared on the water, especially with the Coast Guard and the DNR. Um, it's just one big powwow. Certainly, the the state of the fishery is very important, being that we're a, such a big fishing destination. So with the DNR, they'll talk about their most recent test netting. They'll talk about the, their creel surveys, um, how much traffic on the lake, you know, uh, uh, any uh, rule changes uh, that they foresee in the future, just things like that. And again, it's just one big powwow that helps people to be in the know, and it's very helpful. Have you heard uh, how the lake is doing or anything like that? Or has there been any, any research out yet? Yeah, you know, I, I had a chance. I'm on the um, Lake of the Woods Fisheries Input Group, and uh, we had a chance to see a presentation. And, you know, um, it everything looks r- real good. You know, um, we had, I would say, our fishing this last uh, late winter, especially, was a little bit tough. And, you know, I think part of that is, and talking to different people, you know, we believe the fish are there in many cases. We think that a lot of the traffic is pushing fish. Uh, we did have a record high water year in past years when we have record high water. You know, when that water pushes through so much water, we've noticed that some of the bait got pushed north. So did a lot of the fish get and followed the bait. So you know, there, there could be a lot of things going on. Um, the, the fishery itself, the DNR believes, is uh, is healthy it's sustainable certainly helps that we have that slot limit breadth of 19 and a half to 28 that you got to release um but uh, you know it's funny you know we uh, we'll get out there and we'll we'll you know we'll get some saugers you get some occasional walleyes in february end of february march and then uh um and then and some people hit it good you know they get in a good good pot of fish that's great um but but <laughs> we get into may and all of a sudden we'll go out there in boats and whack limits after limits and have to let fish go and you're like where were these fish come uh, march you know yeah. where were those fish hiding and uh it kind of happens every year, but uh, yeah, so far the, the fishery looks to be pr- pretty good. But this is information that it's good to come from biologists, right? Because there's so much stuff flying around on the internet. There's so many, you know, keyboard experts as they call them. And, you know, they, they put out messaging that in some cases isn't even true. I'll give you a good one. People talk about barotrauma. And barotrauma, of course, is when you're reeling up fish from deep water and you release them and they don't make it. Well, that's a real thing, and we have to be a, pay attention to that. But, you know, when people talk about reel up your fish real slow and then they're going to live, that's a fallacy. You know, the way, you, the way a fish overcomes uh, bear trauma is with blood gases. It would take literally hours for a fish to balance out. You can't reel up a fish slow enough to be in our biologists tell us. So, once again, you see those rumors out there. What we want to do is we want to find out what is real and then communicate that to, to anglers, and uh, and that's that's part of our effort uh, this today you know we learned a lot about that barrel trauma uh research at that minfish summit last week uh really really interesting stuff i think a lot of us have heard about barrel trauma we've seen it before but there there are there are a lot of uh you know uh fallacies or uh not not enough research out there maybe that's been done uh to educate all the anglers on what what you can do what how you can prevent it if you can if you can help a fish afterwards, if, you know, if there's anything we can do. So there's more studies coming and we're going to, we're actually going to have some of those guys that did those studies on this show uh, in the future to learn a little bit more about barrel trauma. And Joe, I want to talk about the fishing opener coming up at Lake of the Woods and how that'd be a great place to go. But I, I want to just jump ahead about a month because we're, we're really excited. Dan and I are going up there in the beginning of June. And obviously we fished the Rainy River here in April. Uh, and maybe we'll fish the rainy. We caught, we, we did pretty well on walleyes uh, while we were up there. We caught plenty. And then we're going to fish the south end of the lake 
in June for a couple of days. And then we're going to go up to the Northwest Angle and fish up at the Angle for a couple of days. So we're going to hit pretty much the three main areas of Lake of the Woods here within a relatively short time, maybe all in one trip. So uh, I'm excited to, to kind of experience the diversity of the fishery. Oh, I'm excited for you. I know we talk about it all the time, but I mean, well, you guys, you guys have been in the basin and that June, that June bite's going to be cool because you know what, you'll be able to technically, you'll be able to jig them then. And that's going to be probably the main, um, you know, method to catch walleye. But then, you know, you'll be able to start pulling spinners in and certainly cranks are in play all the time. And, you know, uh, it's going to be great. And then it's going to be cool because when you go from the basin bite fishing big open water, I think where you're going to be fishing, you'll be on the edge of some reefs potentially then you're going to go up to the angle and of course it's interesting because when you go to the northwest angle you know now that's where the 14,552 islands of our lake begin there's many so much more structure there's neck down areas there's bays underwater points sunken islands i mean there's so much structure um it's just very different fishing and it's more multi-species to be honest with you i mean you're going to have uh you know a pike and muskies and bass uh, uh being caught while you're fishing walleyes you know so um, it's it's two, two two wonderful parts of uh, two, two incredible fisheries, two very different fisheries, and uh, I'm just excited for you to, to do both. Now, at times, people that fish the angle, they'll go into the Canadian side and fish some of the Canadian waters up there, since you're so close up there. What does a guy, if somebody was going to do that, what do they need to have? That's a great question. So. Um, Really, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna go fish, if you're gonna stay at the Northwest Angle of Minnesota, stay at one of our nice resorts up there, and then just boat, I mean, literally a stone's throw into Ontario waters to fish, you know, all that great Ontario uh, water. All you need is an Ontario fishing license. Um, you do not have to call into Customs Canada Customs if you are not touching land, anchoring, mooring, exchanging goods or services. So if you're just gonna go there and fish, boat and fish, and then boat back into the U.S., you don't have to check through on Customs. That has made life very easy. The thing you do have to remember is that, you know, Ontario rules apply and it's Ontario zone five. So um, when you go over there, you know, uh, no no live bait, no dead bait, no no bait that was ever alive at all can be brought over the border into Canada. So our, our customers have been using plastics with good success. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is just know that there's a different fish limit over there. Typically, it's going to be two fish per day. I think you can keep one one walleye over 18.1 inches. Obviously, check the regulations. Um, the rules are just a little different over on the Ontario side, so just be aware of that when you go over there. But uh, the fishing over there is absolutely incredible, and you'll be fishing by yourself. You won't stand any other boats. You know, watch out when you're when you're you're driving the boats and going through the islands because sometimes you see deer swimming, bear swimming. Uh, a lot of eagles, loons, different kind of waterfall are, are nesting up there. Um, I mean, to give an example, some of the guys up there when they're fishing muskies early in the year, they'll use uh, topwaters to imitate small ducks. I mean, the, the, the ecosystem <laughs> up there is incredible. I mean, it, and the fishery is, it's just super good. It's, it's really interesting. You know, I've, I've done some guiding on the Ontario side and that's not my specialty. I don't know it like the, the guides of the Northwest Angle do at all. Yeah. But when I have guided up, I just went fishing. I just went fishing, knowing structure, knowing walleyes, and we did just fine, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's uh, it, you're gonna have a great time. Well, let's talk about uh, Lake of the Woods for the opener. Uh, I, I know 
people might think it's really busy up there. Uh, it's maybe not as busy as people might realize, so there will be a lodging available, and it might not be, uh, you know, combat fishing on the lake, although that's a big lake. It's generally not too much combat fishing. But I'm wondering if people are going to be up there, Joe, how much fishing do you think they'll be doing? You know, will, will some guys be catching fish in the river? Will be uh, out, outside of four, you know, four Mile Bay through the gap? Where do you think people will be catching fish for the opener? Well, I think, I think most people, um, if they have their choice, they will probably go into Four Mile Bay and the lake. Traditionally, there's going to be a pile of fish out there, and uh, that's where they're going to be. And I'm, I'll, I'll first talk about the Rainy River area. Um, most people are going to fish Four Mile Bay. They're going to go in the lake if it's a nice day. If it's super windy, they'll stay in the river. You know, there's 42 miles of navigable Rainy River. So if a person has, let's say, a, a 14 or 16-foot boat, and you're like, man, I don't want to tackle Lake of the Woods in that smaller boat, Go fish the 42 miles of the Rainy River because it's going to be it's going to have a ton of walleyes in there. In addition, you can fish pike year-round, and the sturgeon season goes through May 15th. So you're going to have a couple of days left over to fish sturgeon yet. Um, that's one really good option. Otherwise, they're going to be staged out in front of the Lighthouse Gap, uh, out in front of Pine Island, um, and then of course you know the the Morris Point Gaps come comes out of a Bostic Bay, which is behind me. This Bostic Creek flows. Uh, and, and comes through the Morris Point Gap. So those two areas around Pine Island are really good. And then you go down the shoreline to the west, and you go down to uh, Zippo Bay. And look at the, the, the structure out in front of Zippo Bay. There's rock piles. It transitions to mud. It's just so good. And then as you start going west to Long Point, there'll be there'll be small uh, rock rubble that begins just to the west of Zippo Bay. And then you start getting to Long Point. Number one, you have a point that sticks way out into Lake of the Woods. That's good in its own right. And, of course, there's different, um, you know, you can see in the map there, there's little nooks and crannies that when you zoom in, there are spots on spots on spots on spots. You, and that's why you can fish. I mean, there's so many, so many areas to fish. And it's not like all the walleyes in the system are going to be doing the same thing. You know, there's going to be some walleyes uh, that are adjacent to the shoreline structure. Some will be sitting out in that deep mud picking away at Roman schools of bait fish. There's different schools of walleyes doing different things. As you go around the corner, you got Rocky Point, and of course that's that's where Arnison's is. And you know, even right out in front of there, you got you know you got shoreline structure, you got reefs out there. Um, I mean, you know, Archie's, uh, Mark's Reef, Paul's Reef, Lem's Reef, uh, Arnison's Reef. I go on and on. There's so many reefs out there. Uh, DNR Reef, Five Mile. You know, just is is endless. So. So many good. Now, that's on the south shore of Lake of the Woods. When you get up to the northwest angle, um, I'll tell you, heading up to the angle, that Knight and Bridges Island area, which is about 20 miles north, just south uh, east of Gardner. There you go. And uh, I'll tell you what, those uh, those islands, actually, fishing adjacent to those islands is normally very, very good. And those reefs are going to be holding fish, too. Siding up to Garden Island, Garden Island's always a fish magnet. And then up in the angle, you know, you got shallow water. It's like a darn hatchery up there. It's a nursery. You got... Uh, you got great spawning grounds. Those fish are going to be, um, you know, post-spawn, you know, most likely, and, and they're going to be uh, uh, fishing. They're going to be adjacent to the shorelines and those points, um, and, and a neck down areas too. Um, and then, of course, your bays up there. You know, if a person wants to take a break from traditional jigging walleyes and go cast bays, heck, you'll get multi-species in those bays this time of year. It's just an exciting time, and you know, now, uh, now through June is such a good jig bite on Lake of the Woods. You get out in an area where there's a bunch of walleyes and saugers, you anchor up and you jig over the side of the boat with a with a jig and a in a frozen emerald shiner or a fathead or a rainbow and I'll tell you what, it can be lights out. Uh, that's it. I'm canceling my work trip this weekend. We're going to Lake of the Woods. 
Good. Well, you know, when, let me hold you to that. Which time you want? Which time you want to meet? Where should we meet? And uh, <laughs> you know, let's just go, let's, let's just go kill some freaking walleye. You? you know, I say kill some walleye. I got to be careful. Let's get enough for a meal. Let's get enough for a nice meal. <laughs> let's clarify. And what we're going to do is we're going to let all the others go. We'll take some pictures, but you know what? We'll let the others go. Let's go get some nice ones. Some are going to be in the slot. Maybe we'll get some over twenty-eight. Let's get some good pictures. We'll get those fish back and uh, come and have a nice dinner and feel good about the day. Dan, you are kind of going up there, aren't you? Maybe. Yeah, we'll let maybe. the. We'll see how the weather plays. I've got a few different plans, but the, the goal is to get there around or shortly after the opening day okay. for a little bit, but we'll see. That's all, right. all the weather permitting. Well, Joe, if people want to plan a you know, trip that, up there. That, that Danny that Danny's kind of sneaky. You notice how he never really tells us where he's going, where he's fishing, what he's doing. Well, Just a see, little sneaky that way. I'm going to film the whole thing, so <laughs> it won't be very secret once we're done. But <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to make you know, any I, promises. I <laughs> I have to tell you, I was on a uh, uh, central Minnesota lake. This wasn't Lake of the Woods, but I was on a central Minnesota lake with my uh, with my cousin, and he happened to catch a, a thirty and a half inch walleye on a, a central Minnesota lake. And of course, you can see all the cabins behind us. So, of course, I went and blurred out all the cabins behind us before I submitted the picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be secretive. Got to protect those protect those fishing spots, Joe. All right. Well, if people want to learn more about Lake of the Woods, maybe come up there for the opener or uh, plan a trip this summer, what should they do? You know what? Hey, check out our website, and that is lakeofthewoodsmn.com. Sporting Journal Radio is a division of Macaba LLC. If you've got a question, comment, or story idea for us, send us an email. Go to sportingjournalradio.com. While you're there, you can learn how to advertise on the show and visit our store for hats, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more. Go to sportingjournalradio.com.